From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. Police in New Zealand say they'll carry out a high-speed recovery of bodies from the White Island eruption on Friday. The volcano killed at least eight people, but recovery efforts have been difficult because of the risks of further eruptions. Russia's expelled two German diplomats in what it's describing as a standard retaliatory move after two Russian officials were sent back from Germany last week. Germany's move came over what it said was Moscow's refusal to cooperate in the investigation of a murder in August of a Chechen separatist in Berlin. Ross Cullen reports from Moscow. Four months ago, Zelim Khan Hankoshvili was shot twice in the head in a park in the centre of Berlin as he was heading to a mosque. German prosecutors suspect Russian or Chechen involvement, but Moscow denies any connection to his killing. Last week, Germany expelled two Russian diplomats over what it says is Moscow's refusal to cooperate in the investigation. President Putin has previously described Hangoshvili, a Chechen separatist and Georgian citizen, as a cruel and bloodthirsty person. Russian authorities had hoped to have him extradited from his exile in Germany. Violent protests have broken out in eastern India after the Indian parliament passed a controversial citizenship bill. It allows non-Muslim minority communities from neighbouring countries a fast-track route to citizenship. Ishan Garg reports from New Delhi. Thousands of troops moved in this morning into major cities in the northeastern state of Assam. The Indian Prime Minister tweeted in support of the people of the state, saying that the government is committed to protecting its culture and economy. The protests started on Wednesday after the India's upper house of parliament passed the bill amending citizenship of millions of illegal refugees. The UK is voting in a general election. Polls are open in 650 constituencies. The US has imposed sanctions on six allied Democratic Forces leaders for their role in engaging in serious human rights abuses in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The US Department of the Treasury's Office of Foreign Affairs says Musa Baluku and five other ADF leaders have supported the organization through recruitment, financing, intelligence and operation coordination. From Kampala, Isabel Nakiria. The U.S. says the sanctions are intended to limit the financial dealings and access of the ADF. The ADF is accused of committing mass rape, killings, civilian abductions and forced mass displacements in eastern DRC. Recently, the rebel group has targeted Ebola treatment centers in the eastern city of Beni and Goma and killed health workers. The World Health Organization has warned the attacks will complicate efforts to combat the Ebola epidemic in the DRC. The United States says it's committed to support the DRC government in its efforts to counter armed groups and bring stability to the country. The ADF rebel group has been active in the DRC since the 1990s and is considered a terrorist group. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. Well, well, well. Running a little bit late back from Life Set TV today. Um, and I want you to check out the interviews over there. We actually chatted with Suzanne Vinker today. She's the author of, uh, let me tell you what her book is, Women Who Win at Love by Suzanne Vinker with John M. Townsend, PhD. Oh, she is brilliant. And you will enjoy the interview that I had with her. 
very unconventional approach to modern feminism and what women are really looking for today, which here's a hint. It hasn't changed much, has it? <laughs> it has not changed much. So um, we will uh, have that posted. And, uh, and pr probably by the time, if you're watching the live stream, it's not up yet, but it will be um, like within a couple of hours, we'll have that posted so you can check it out. And all of the content is now being pulled over at StaceyOnTheRight.com, our newly revamped website. So please check it out and do me the Christmas favor of sharing the show. Uh, welcome to those who are in the chat room. Richard Layton, Chi, Mimi, Robin, Bjorn. Oh, you guys. Hey, how are you? And hello to everyone over at the YouTube live stream, which is actually up and jamming. We got Dolly over there. Hey, hey, hey. Um, we do not yet have capability to live stream from our information. So just a programming note for people who are wondering, why wouldn't I be able to live stream the show to, um, let's see, let me, let me be clear here. Why wouldn't I be able to live stream the show as it is now? Well, if I, if I do the live stream on my phone, you don't get the intro music because that's on a computer that's connected to the streaming. Uh, all, all of this is a streaming, basically computer setup which means I can stream through this computer to Facebook. But when I can't stream through the computer to Facebook, if I stream on my phone, you don't get any audio. So that's why, you know, I, I can go live stream on my phone pretty much anytime I want to, but it does not mean you're going to get the audio, which then people usually type into the chat room. I can't hear anything. I only hear you. Well, that's because I'm not using the streaming software because it's not working. Um, and it's only not working on Facebook. That's what's so weird about it. Um, so if you watch the show on Facebook and you're not able to get the live stream that way, then you can head over to StaceyOnTheRight.com. And so please, you know, don't be the kind of person who can only watch on Facebook. That's my question. Don't be, um, don't be a person who's only able to do stuff on Facebook because Facebook is not everything to all of us. And so, hey, Gray Eagle uh, in the chat room. So today on the show, we are going to cover this transgender story. It's a story about a guy who is a death row inmate. He has appealed his case to the Supreme Court with the help of the ACLU to try to get the taxpayers to pay for sex reassignment surgery. So let me give you the details. And I, I, I guess this is one of those things where I just kind of feel like, again, first of all, huge waste of our time, huge waste of our resources as taxpayers, huge waste of mental space for the Supreme Court, just unbelievable um, ridiculousness. So, and when we're done with that, we're also going to talk about the um, Office of Inspector General report. They were in the hearing, they had a hearing and they went over everything and uh, they did not cover it on the mainstream news networks. I'll tell you why. You're probably wondering why did they, I'll tell you why they didn't do that. Okay, so let's start off here with this story. Uh, on Monday, the Supreme Court of the United States declined to hear a convicted murderer's appeal to receive gender reassignment surgery, leaving in place a lower court ruling in favor of the Texan prison officials who refused to give the inmate the procedure. So this was the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which ruled that transgender inmate, um, transgender inmate Vanessa Lynn Gibson, formerly known as Scott Gibson, who claimed the prison's refusal to grant the surgery violates the, um, the Constitution's Eighth Amendment, which bans cruel and unusual punishment. 
Gibson is 41 years old, was born a man, but has lived as a woman since age 15, was convicted and sent to prison for aggravated assault in 1995, and then two years later, convicted of murdering another inmate while in prison. The inmate, who was eligible for parole in 2021, has engaged in self-harm and attempted suicide three times, stemming in part from gender dysphoria, which, gender, which Gibson was diagnosed with in 2014. Now, you might be right here with me wondering, how do you get to be a death row inmate who's eligible for parole? How can you? Okay. So Gibson was provided with hormone therapy, but denied a request to be considered for gender reassignment surgery. Lawyers for Gibson argued in court findings that the gender dysphoria is a life-threatening disease in this case. And if if you're new to all of this, gender dysphoria is where you feel like you're trapped in the body of another person. It's a mental illness. So Texas does not have a policy governing irreversible surgical intervention for inmates. And Judge James Ho said in the Fifth Circuit's court decision, quote, a state does not inflict cruel and unusual punishment by declining to provide sex reassignment surgery to a transgender inmate. He continued, the necessity and efficacy of a sex reassignment surgery is a matter of significant disagreement within the medical community. He also noted that no other prison has ever provided gender reassignment surgery. Now, two current presidential candidates, or I should say, one current and one previous, um, talking about Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris have both in the past advocated for spending taxpayer dollars on sex assignment surgery, sex reassignment surgery for inmates. Now, remember, they're not in prison because we live in a dictatorship or they, you know, made Ill to, ill-timed Facebook posts. These are people who've committed felonies and been convicted by a jury of their peers, and now they're in prison. And the answer to that is that former candidate Kamala Harris and current presidential frontrunner Elizabeth Warren want taxpayers, in addition to feeding and housing these criminals, to also be responsible for their mental illnesses and hundreds of thousands of dollars in hormone treatments and a one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars sex reassignment surgery. And don't tell me it's cheaper because it's in prison and therefore we should do it. This just what kind of lunacy are we engaging in here? So uh, that is what we see happening um, with the story. I, I'm so glad the Supreme Court declined to, to hear this and left it with the lower court because no other outcome would have made any sense. This person has killed another person, albeit while they were in prison, they're still convicted of murder. So no offense, but how is it our problem or the taxpayers of Texas or federal taxpayers, which that means you and me, how is it any of our problem to take care of the sex reassignment surgery? Counseling? Okay. I can see where we would do that. But sex reassignment surgery? I think not. Uh, So moving on from there, I always like saying this, and so I'm just going to say it anyway because it's fun. Donald Trump is still the president of the United States. (laughs) And um, there are so many cool Christmas cards that the president is on, and he's singing a song or he's having a song sung to him. It's just so fun. Um, First off, let's cover his rally last night, and then we'll we'll make it over to why they didn't cover the OIG report. Brad Parscale tweeted out about the Hershey, Pennsylvania rally, a few statistics, a few numbers that are really important. 23,207 voters identified 
82.5% were from Pennsylvania. So the majority of the people in that space last night were Pennsylvania voters. 20% of them have only voted in one of the last 4% of the, or one in the last four elections. So one out of every five people at the rally last night had only voted in one of the last four elections. So these are new voters. 9% of the people who were there last night had never voted before. 20.3% of the people in that space last night were Democrats. They went to the rally to hear President Trump in person. And let me tell you, I've heard him in person now seven times, eight times. Eight times I've heard the president in person. And I can tell you, it's an electrifying experience. He's a great public speaker. But what comes across the most is he has a lot of feeling for the people that he's speaking to. So it's a personal experience. Those Democrats didn't come away hating him unless they were suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. And 18% of the people in the rally last night, 1818, like the number that you reach in your age when you reach the age of majority, 18, 18% of the people in the rally last night were non-white. How do you like that, Democrats? So Pennsylvania is looking pretty sweet right now. He's going to keep going there and um, it's going to be pretty fantastic. So now let's talk about this IG report. So Senator Lindsey Graham had a very good uh, opening speech and uh, as they were discussing the IG report at that hearing, and it wasn't covered on any of the mainstream media networks. And I'll tell you why, because this report actually debunks what they've been saying about the president. The president, he's guilty, he's a traitor, he's blah, blah, blah. This report debunks that. Now, I, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who I feel like everything has to go according to a certain plan. I'm, and as you, know, as you get older, you begin to realize that timing is everything. And if something you think is logical should be happening, but it's not, it's because the timing is not right. And you have to kind of trust the people who are in charge or, you know, you have some stuff going on uh, later where you can hold those people accountable. In this case, the stuff that I'm talking about is not subpoenaing Schiff and others to come before the committee. Uh, and so The Hill had a tweet out, Senator Lindsey Graham, Trump's time will come and go, but I hope we understand what happened here can never happen again. And a lot of Twitter users were taking Senator Graham to task for not subpoenaing Schiff and others. So... It could be possible. I don't know anything. Disclaimer, I'm not coming at you saying I heard it. I didn't hear this from any White House person. But it's just possible, you know, if we just noodle this for a minute and use our thinking caps, that maybe the White House doesn't want the Senate to subpoena Schiff right now. It sounds like something logical to do, but maybe timing wise, it doesn't work because you so you want to strike while the iron is hot. Yes, but you want to only hit one time and have that be the fatal blow. You don't want to have to subpoena him and let him come over and lie a little bit and make everything seem like it's a big nothing burger and then have to call him back later and get everybody's attention. You want the one time you subpoena Schiff or any of these people who've committed these crimes, you want it to be the time where you have all of your ducks in a row and the one hit that you level topples the whole thing. So if you don't have that game-changing, finish-him type hit lined up and ready to execute, it's not the right time to do the thing. And so that's just my, that's my take on it. Um, so there's a couple of victories for the president outside of the, what some naysayers are calling NAFTA 2.0, 
the president has actually gotten Congress uh, congressional action to create the U.S. Space Force and to add it to the annual defense policy bill. So President Trump gets credited with creating a new agency to dominate space. And there is something amazing about that because there's a lot of opportunity for us in technological advancement. And it will bring give us the ability to uh, catch up and surpass other nations who have been working on AI where we haven't been. And I'm not a huge fan of them working on AI, but I'm also not a huge fan of us putting our head in the sand and not working on it at all while other nations are working on it. So um, there was news yesterday that I talked about the person of the year with Time Magazine, and I want to offer a little bit of clarification on that. Um, Time Magazine named as its person of the year Greta Thunberg. But remember who else has been Time Magazine person of the year? And, you know, tune your ears a little bit more closely here. Time Magazine said Adolf Hitler was the person of the year in 1938. Time Magazine named Joseph Stalin the person of the year in 1939 and 1942. Nikita Khrushchev was the person of the year in 1957. And Ayatollah Khomeini was the person of the year in 1979 for Time Magazine. So is it any shock that Greta Thunberg is the person of the year? You could be the worst person on the planet and be the person of the year for time. It's really just an acknowledgement that you made a lot of news. So meanwhile, the newsmaker of the year, this is a category that's much less covered unless it's Barack Obama. The newsmaker of the year for 2019 is President Donald John Trump, and he is the newsmaker of the year for the fifth year in a row. He dominates the news throughout the world as he reshapes the image of America and sets the Trump doctrine into concrete <laughs> it's 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 real now it's something that's been happening um and so now the reason there was there's some speculation why aren't they covering the uh the oig report on mainstream media outlets well because the OIG report debunks everything they've said about the president being guilty of something from the Mueller report, of the FBI being squeaky clean, of the president doing something wrong in the 2016 election cycle where he was supposedly colluding with Russians. The OIG report actually places all of the blame squarely upon the shoulders of um, Ray and Comey and uh, Peter uh, Page, Strzok. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, um, every every bad actor you can think of, they're all thinking about this OIG report and how they can stop it from going on. If they could pull a Hillary Clinton and make it kill itself, they would because they don't want you listening to anything about it because it debunks everything they've said. Remember, they actually have started this impeachment process as Nancy Pelosi said to the, the cameras. They started it back in 2017 what they need to do is that they've, they've laid the groundwork, right? What the Democrats have done is they've said that President Trump is guilty of obstructing Congress. Not a thing, by the way. You can't obstruct Congress when you're in the executive. If you're the president of the United States, you're beholden to the executive branch. That's the, the branch you run. All of the branches of our government, all three of them, the legislative, executive, and... Uh, Oh, my gosh. Legal. We, we have so we have the Supreme Court and the, the legal branch. We have the um, executive branch. Then we have the congressional houses of legislative branch. So those three branches are co-equal. 
So the only way that Congress can say, well, we want to make the president do something is they have to impeach him. And that goes before the Senate, which acts as that judicial body. So judicial, legislative, executive, I, I not legal, but judicial. So when, when there's something going on that the president doesn't want to participate in, he doesn't have to, he's in the executive. Just like he can't say that Congress is derelict in their duty. I mean, he can say anything he wants to, but he can't force them to do anything. He can't force congressional members to do anything because they are in a co-equal branch with him. Same with the Supreme Court. The president can't just ride over to the Supreme Court and say, you're going you gonna to learn today. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. He can't do any of that because they are a co-equal branch. And they would just look at him like, I'm not sure what you're doing here today, but we're hearing arguments. So, I mean, please do sit in the gallery or you and your Secret Service folks can take a ride. But we got judicial type stuff to do today. We're the judicial branch. You see how that works? So I, this, again, Governor Ron DeSantis has added civics to all high school curriculum as a, as a mandatory thing that you have to have before you graduate. And that thing that I just explained is why. Most Americans don't even understand that Congress is not over the president. The president isn't over Congress and the Supreme Court isn't over anybody else. The judicial branch is co-equal to the other two and there is no, well, he's obstructing. How can he obstruct something that is the equal to him? He can either participate in their sham proceedings or he cannot participate. If they want to impeach him and then vote on it and then send the articles of impeachment over to the Senate and then the Senate takes up the articles of impeachment and holds a hearing, then the Senate must have 67 votes to remove him from office. He could be totally impeached and still serve out the remainder of his presidency and be reelected. See, so, you know, a couple civics classes would help out a great deal. Hmm? Yeah? No one answers to anybody except the American people. That's the way they set this thing up. So I could go on and on and on, but what I want, what I want you to know is that the reason why the media is... They've, they've already engaged in a concerted effort to get the president out of office. At this point, with their ratings hanging in the balance, they've already lost so many millions of Americans who are now watching alternative news sources. They're actually looking at the lay of the land and they're saying, well, we got nowhere to go. If we admit that we were wrong, not just for the first two years, but for every, like from the moment we laid eyes on him, we've been wrong and we've been lying about him the whole time. We'll never get some of those viewers back. We'll lose even more than we've already lost. So we're going to stick with what we're doing because the end goal is to materially damage him so that he can't be reelected because Ruth Bader Ginsburg is coming off of the Supreme Court and they don't want an Amy Coney Barrett replacing her. She's just too young. Which, by the way, can I say to you first, I'm so sorry, I need to take a sip because my throat is really. All right, so first, let me just say to you. The judges that President Trump has appointed to the, the uh, federal judiciary are on average 10 years younger than all of the judges that President Obama appointed. President Obama appointed 55 judges. President Trump is at 50, but Obama did that in eight years. President Trump has done 50 in three years. So, and he has the rest of 2020 to, to you know, round that out. So there's... Uh, some statistics on that, like one out of every five judges that's sitting on the judiciary, the federal judiciary right now, whenever five of them has been appointed by President Trump. <laughs> the Ninth Circuit is about to flip. It will no longer be the loony ninth. As you see, the rulings coming out of there have t calmed down a great deal. And 
the judicial activism that we've been forced to endure will no longer be a thing because the president is appointing judges that are not only 10 years younger on average, but constitutional, limited government. These are people who are not going to be making law. They're going to be interpreting the law that's already on the books. And it's, it's a glorious thing. So that's why the media is not going to cover the OIG report. That's my long roundabout way of getting to the answer to that. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you. One of the things that's so important about this whole story, about the, the judges, how it all links up together, about the, the obstruction that we're seeing from Democrats to the presidency of, of Donald Trump, that ever, all of it, it also is, is interconnected with the fact that they don't have a good candidate. So if the Democrats had one person that they were all rallying around instead of these fights that they're having, like, so you can go to StaceyOnTheRight.com. And remember I talked about Shereen Mitchell going on AM Joy on MSNBC and saying that certain groups like Tangibles, ADOS, um, Black Voices for Trump, Blexit, that these are all fake organizations that are trying to trick black women into not voting. And that the people who were in these organizations were fake. They were bots. They were really white men behind these accounts using images of black people. Well, I'm on Black Voices for Trump, and I can tell you every one of those people is real. Um, ADOS is real. It's led up by Yvette Carnell. You know, we've talked about her on the show so many times. She's a Democrat. I don't agree with her political uh, bent, but the woman has a lot of common sense knowledge. And she, her analysis has been spot on on what the Democrats aren't doing for black Americans. And she's trying to hold them accountable. So they're saying she's fake, that she's not real. She's real. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so ludicrous. Candace Owens, not real. She heads up Blexit. That is so ridiculous. But that's what they're saying. Shereen Mitchell said it. Um, I was just, I've been watching online and seeing some of the other things that people have been putting out. And I can tell you, um, that's all they've got. That's all the Democrats have in the way of being able to just say, you know what? We can't beat these people and we're certainly not going to give black people anything for their vote. So we might as well tell them that the people who are telling them the truth about us, that those people are not real. That's their tack. That's all they have. So uh, speaking of the judges, I'm so excited about this. It's it's going to mean a lot for us as Americans. It means you can kind of just sit back because one of the things I think has been so exhausting about everything since 20, I'd say since 2012, but even beyond that, um, even in 2009, it felt like, do you remember a time where you paid attention to politics um, a little bit? So you paid attention to it when it was something you were interested in, like, hey, there's an election or there's a midterm or there's some ballot initiative here locally. They want money for the zoo. You know, they want to raise my taxes for school, something like that. If you pay attention, you buff up on the issue, pay attention to it, go vote. And then afterwards, you kind of put everything back on autopilot. If there's a fundraiser for a candidate who was new, you might go to it or you might read their literature. If someone knocked your door, you take their literature, listen to what they said, maybe go to their website. But for the most part, you weren't completely immersed in news 24-7, especially the political kind, because you didn't have to be. Well, now it feels like because of the liberal activism and the way that they have all these activist judges on the courts that it's not just a pastime that happens in election years. It's every day. It's every month. It's every year. You never get any downtime. It's politics all the time. Well, 
part of the way they're able to drive that is that by having these judicial activists on courts, appellate courts, who make law so that Democrats can win on issues that voters won't allow them to win on. Voters don't want gay marriage. Voters pass constitutional amendments so that they don't have to have gay marriage in their states. They just go to the Supreme Court. And that's just one other way they keep these issues in front of you instead of letting you live your life and pay attention to politics sporadically like you were doing before. So the Senate confirmed President Trump's ninth judicial nominee to the liberal ninth U.S. Court of Appeals on Tuesday, elevating Patrick Bumate, an openly gay Filipino man, to the federal bench over objections from his liberal home state senators. Mr. Bumate, who has worked as an assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of California, cleared the Senate by a 53-40 party line vote. He did not have support from California Senators Dianne Feinstein or Kamala Harris, who said the White House never consulted with them about the nominee. So the quote from Ms. Feinstein is Patrick Bamate lacks the knowledge and experience necessary for the Ninth Circuit. He also acknowledged working on the separation of immigrant families while at the Justice Department and refused to answer questions about other controversial issues. Democrats are mad about him. Now, conservative groups actually cheered Mr. Bumate, saying he received a, quote, qualified, end quote, rating from the American Bar Association, a group often touted by Democratic lawmakers. So the reason that Democrats are against this openly gay Filipino man who he should check all the boxes, he should be their guy, is because he's a conservative. He happens to be a minority, but he's a conservative. So... Mr. Bumate is the 49th federal appeals court judge appointed by Mr. Trump. Later on this week, the Senate is expected to confirm Lawrence Van Dyke, another nominee to the West Coast's Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. He will be the president's 50th nominee uh, court appointment to be confirmed. Mr. Trump's 10th to the Ninth Circuit. And uh, it's just, it's just gravy. It's it's as thick and delicious as the gravy I made for the pot roast that we had for dinner last night. That's that's the comparison that I'm going to make. It's yummy. It smells great. It's nutritious. Tastes wonderful. And you wish you were having leftovers from it, which, you know, I might because I haven't had lunch today. <laughs> so, yeah, that is that is what has been happening. Um, it's kind of unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, do, do you sometimes just feel like, where am I? Who... Who did what to whom? Hmm. Now, um, one last thing, as because we're going to wrap up the show here in a uh, little bit here. So some numbers, some information on the demographics of pr- Democratic primary voters under the age of 35 years old. So Kinnipiac, uh, or Kinnipiac, sorry, Kinnipiac actually has a poll that they did. And it shows that, so voters under the age of 35 support Sanders by 52%, Warren 17%, Biden 11%, Yang 7%, Gabbard 3%, Buttigieg 2%, Bloomberg 2%, everyone else 1% or less. Notice Cory Booker isn't even in the top 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. He's not in the top 7. Cory Booker isn't. So his campaign's basically over. He just hasn't called it it's dead doa so everyone keeps saying 
that demographics are the death of the Republican Party. But are they? Or is it that we're watching the Democrats literally split off into two schisms, like Stalin and Trotsky, two sides of the same worthless tin coin, no gold in it, no no silver, no not even a little bit of nickel in the coin. It's just a piece of tin that you could bend if you got angry. Unbelievable. The Democrats have actually indoctrinated so many millions of kids in America all the way through college that these kids are they're living capitalism, but they're voting for socialism, which is just the first bite of communism. It's like the first course. Your salad course is socialism. The main meal is communism. The dessert, utter destruction and societal breakdown. Now, so we got Americans voting for while they're tap, 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 click, click, clicking on their cell phones, their $900 cell phones, wearing their $1,200 worth of clothes from Patagonia and REI, driving their, you know, uh, 50 or $60,000 hybrid vehicles to their $200,000 condo, sitting on their Amazon and uh, Birch Lane and, you know, uh, Ballard Design furniture that they ordered online, eating their meal that was delivered by somebody working for DoorDash and they're advocating for socialism, sometimes going out in the evening because so they can drink, taking an Uber. Yeah. Taking advantage of every little bit of capitalism they can get their hands on while voting for and advocating for socialism, which would have them all out in the streets with their unprepared selves, non-prepped. They don't know how to take care of much. They're, they can't even cook their own dinner. They're having that delivered, but they're going to live in a socialist country where you literally have to eat your pets to survive. Come on. Unbelievable. So uh, Mimi in the chat room says that Cory Booker and Mayor Pete need to bow out gracefully. Yeah. Um, and but here's what's going to happen. When Mayor Pete bows out, it'll be, well, I wasn't allowed to fulfill my, you know, full um what I could do because I'm a gay man and this is more discrimination on the part of Americans who aren't ready to ex fully accept, you know, gay people into society. Garbage, but that's what he'll say. Cory Booker will play the race card. Even though I was Spartacus, America didn't accept me because I'm a black man. Even though we've had a black president, wasn't Barack Obama black? Didn't we have Bill Clinton who was supposedly quote unquote the first black president because he was a philanderer? What kind of a statement does that say about us blacks in a community of Americans where the reputation for us is you're black if you cheat on your spouse? You break. What this poll shows is that so many of the Democrats don't understand what Bernie Sanders policies would actually do to them. They're ignorant of the realities of socialism as it would be played out here in America. The rich people would simply jump on their jets and go to warmer climates. They have enough money to live anywhere on the planet. And most of them have dual citizenship in a country that is their backup to America. If you don't believe me, there's a documentary online about how over the past 20 years, the amount of dual citizenship uh, has gone through the roof. But it's driven by luxury, you know, families, rich people, people who own a helicopter or three and have houses in locales across the globe. And they just pick a country that's friendly and they say, if America ever collapses, we'll just get on our private plane and we'll fly over to this country and we have passports. And so we'll just, you know, have dual citizenship because we own property there. 
and we'll just do that. You know, we'll just live there until America calms down. So if you think you're going to capture the, the wealth of those people, you don't understand what wealth enables you to do. Wealth enables you to insulate yourself from peons who think they're going to overthrow the government. Which, by the way, I don't know how much government you're overthrowing when you have an Amazon Alexa listening to every word you say. You have your e Gmail account reading and capturing every word you say. Until just recently, the NSA was recording every word you say into your phone and the keyword searches are geared towards stuff you talk about when your phone is nearby so they can advertise to you exactly what do you think you're doing in secret <laughs> nothing okay <laughs> so all right you guys fantastic interview with Suzanne Binker that's going to be live in just a few minutes um I'm just looking at all the different things that people have got going on and wondering how in the world did we get to a place where the Democrats top, so 35 and unders, their number one candidate that they want to see elected is Bernie Sanders? Unbelievable. All right, y'all. Have a fantastic evening. Um, I'm Stacey Washington. Be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>